from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is the Relevant Podcast. Friday, October 16th, 2015, and it's a relevant podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Parachute, an online luxury bedding brand based in Venice Beach. They've created a line of everyday bedding essentials from sheets to duvet inserts to enhance your sleep experience. Parachute's bedding is premium quality and toxic-free, meaning there are no harmful chemicals or synthetic finishes used like in most bedding. This is like the Portland of bedding. It's yeah, all, it is. Yeah. all good, except not as crunchy. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, so our our current bedding has toxins in it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's basically plastic. Yeah. 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 It's like the Seattle of bedding. <laughs> Who else offers high-quality, luxurious bedding that you can afford? Who, can you even name the brand of sheets you have? Whatever Target no. says. Sheet. Yeah. 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 Egyptian cat. <laughs> uh, parachute found a void in the market and really set out to make buying sheets an enjoyable experience. You can uh, head over to their website, parachutehome.com slash relevant, and Parachute will give you free shipping on your first order with Relevant. That's parachutehome.com slash relevant and enter relevant for free shipping at checkout to start sleeping better today. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in Orlando studio, sitting in for Eddie Koffeltz, John David Harris. Greetings. On, over there on the ones Hello. and twos, our illustrious producer, uh, Jeremiah Dunlap. Great to be here. On the Skype line from Leverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Portland, Oregon, Joy Egrich. Present. So we are recording at the wrong time. We're recording mid-afternoon. Yeah. Because yeah. Jesse has been laying on his parachute linens <laughs> all day with splitting <laughs> migraines. Not oh. because of the parachute linens. They were soaking. They the, almost like solved yeah. the problem for him. Yeah. I mean, you could go as far as to say they cured me. <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I, I'm going to go Dr. Oz on this thing and promise you that they'll cure, cure medical of us. No, yeah. I've had a, a really... Uh, Rough day. <laughs> yeah, unfortunate migraine, but I'm going to power through. If yeah, my yeah. energy level is a little low, that's why. But yeah. I- I'm going to, you know, this is what's called a rally cap situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's MLB postseason. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, look, everyone's worn. Yeah, this time of year, everyone's worn down. You just sometimes you just have to do what you got to do and out, go get up on the ball field. You know. Yeah. Uh, now you just moved, didn't you? Or I did. Yeah, just just a few uh, weeks ago. Do you think? Do you think you know the exhaustion, the mental and physical exhaustion you're feeling is, is because of that? Uh you know, I honestly, I, I feel like I've actually gotten pretty good sleep lately. I, I have no idea. Like I get. Uh, I get these migraines, like they're hereditary, the kind that I get. Um, How do you know that? Uh, well, according to the neurologist. Oh, so you don't know that. Yeah. You know, and also a lot of my master's research is <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's probably the double, double stuffed Oreos followed by the Twinkies for breakfast that mm. might have something to do with that. I agree to disagree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with mattress toxins. I've been one, I, I don't know much about your new house, but I know when you moved into your old one you you did a little things fixed up a few things and you did you w- opened doors and closets and things and you found some secret hatches and stuff yeah is this house have have you discovered anything special about this one 
You know, I haven't, uh, not anything fanciful like that. I haven't (laughs) found any passageways into other dimensions uh, with with oddly placed tape around them. (laughs) Uh, But I do have, this is is true, I have a fox that I think is living under my deck. (laughs) That's awesome. A large... What does it say? Is it fantastic? It it is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, It says, yip, 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 you, when I go out there. (laughs) Two fox jokes in a row. But I'm just, I have no idea, like, how to handle this situation because I call the local animal control. I just got your joke. What does the fox say? Oh, come uh, on, Cameron. You are uh, way behind. I was, I was Jesse too, got it and he had a migraine. I was thinking about my fantastic Mr. Fox reference. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was writing one point for Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> so so I called animal control and they don't see all that seem all that concerned, which I feel like if you're an, if you were for the city's animal control, this is like your main job is catching foxes. Yeah, yeah like controlling the animals. It's in your name. Well our our fox are foxes? Is that how you say it? Foxes? Are they Fox-eyed. dangerous at all? They can be. They can nip at I, your heels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still like an animal, and I, and I have like a toddler. Oh, they nip at toddlers. They totally nip at toddlers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, to your point, they need to change their name if they're not going to just control the wild animal population. Than just be, you know, animal observers or something. <laughs> right. Because they're, they're doing nothing to control it. So I'm, I, I'm forced to take matters into my own hands at this point. Well, you know, you know, you you belong in Florida. We live in the weirdest state in the, in the union. Yeah. Oh, and it's very uh, weird. we have we have the issue of like uh, urban coyotes roaming mm-hmm. neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We have urban peacocks roaming yeah, downtown. Yeah. 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 Urban peacocks. We have yeah, a, crazy. Dude, you go around the Thornton Park near downtown, and there's they're just strutting their stuff. Yep. All yeah. Like for real, they're urban, or they escaped from the zoo, and then no one did anything. There are wild peacocks that have infested downtown Orlando. It's crazy. They're yeah. like everywhere with their giant tails, and yeah. and they don't even care. They're flaunting it. Left yeah, right. yeah. Just, well, that's what they do. They're peacocking. Can, can I just say that ur- the urban peacock and the urban coyote both sound like cool bar names? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but but here's the other problem: out in the suburbs, we got we've got some suburban bears. And a lot of the neighborhoods are like regularly having bears like break into the back porches and obviously go through the trash. Bears have like, because they're protected, they've become mm-hmm. so prevalent that they've left the woods and the, and the parks and they've yeah. gone into the neighborhoods. So starting this month, they're having bear hunts in yeah. Florida. Yeah. What? So, yeah. So I mean, what's the big deal though? They just nip at your heels. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. But like that's what I'm saying. You you up there in your Virginia, you you're letting foxes rule the day. Down yeah. here in Florida, we don't tolerate that stuff. Yeah. We're just gonna go shoot everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know if it's even legal to kill a fox here, but I, you know, and I'm not saying I'm planning on killing it. I'm just saying if it's me or him, it's going to be him. And, and and I and I've said this before. I don't need Uncle Sam telling me what kind of wildlife I can and cannot domesticate. <laughs> well, just get a be- just get a BB gun that like yeah. doesn't kill him. It just kind of scares him. And, or or yeah. it's it's like like we talked about when people were caught on tape riding a moose across a lake, or you know, commandeering a manatee. Whatever if if it's it's on my property, right. and it starts subjecting itself to my will. Right, it's yeah. my animal at that point, <laughs> and that's God's law, yeah. not man's. Yeah. See, the animal thinks he's got squatters' rights, though. Yeah. He thinks mm-hmm. by going on your, he's claimed your deck. Yeah. Well, and and, and you know, what? He, you know, to be honest, he's not wrong. So I'm going to come to a compromise. He's going to do my bidding for me in exchange. He gets to live <laughs> under that deck. You know, I, I also want to say this doesn't mean that there aren't secret passages. 
literally all over this house. That's true. The just fox, because I haven't taken the time to look for him. The yet. fox might be coming in and out of one. Yeah. You know? You just see a little red paw waving through the vent. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. If he could talk and wear a silly hat, for all I know, when he crosses <laughs> to the other side, he could be he could be a full, he could be like a Mr. Tumnus, uh, you know, wherever he's going in and out of under that deck. But I think the answer is for me to get down there with him. Yeah. <laughs> There's one thing I know about foxes. If you corner yourself in a place that they feel very territorial of and just start screaming things at it. They'll let you into their world. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It will show you where it's coming in and out. (laughs) Box 101. Well, this week on the show, uh, we have a great show coming up. Uh, We talk with best-selling author and spoken word artist Jefferson Bethke. Uh, He has a new book out called It's Not What You Think. Uh, also coming up, we have a special in-studio performance by The Brilliance. They're back. If you remember, a few months ago, we had two songs by The Brilliance. Mm-hmm. And, well, they recorded three. What do we do the third one? It's today. Today. Yep. There you go. Boom. It's going to be a good show. Before we move on, though, I noticed something as we were warming up for the show, as we were prepping. I was checking Twitter. I, mm-hmm. I like to check the tweets from time to time. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, a lot of the tweets are about things that happened on the show last week. Sometimes they're answering the question of the week. And every once in a while... A tweet will will specifically ask a question of one of the cast members on the show. Like, they need life advice, or they're doing Mm -hmm. something, and they thought, okay, Eddie, what should I do about this? Well, we got one just now. Just showed up. Right now. Uh, It was maybe in the last uh, hour. I I just saw it. So, you know, I thought it would be good to answer them from time to time. It's time for... Ask the cast anything you want, and we'll use our brains to answer... All right, first time. Who's it from? Uh, Reagan Fleming. She tweeted at Jesse a mm. question. I thought we should lob it to him. It says, uh, she says, to the king of pranks at ORU, how would you suggest I make my college experience enjoyable at said college? Apparently, she's going to ORU. She, uh, Jesse, do you have any tips for Reagan yeah. Fleming? Well, I feel like you know, it's it, you know, she's kind of addressing the prank thing, and because pranks make everything more enjoyable, right? Everything from your day-to-day life to a YouTube video. If there's a prank in a YouTube video, you're going to stick through to the end. That's true. Yeah, of course, of course. Although, except for people like me, I I always cringe if I know a prank is coming. I feel bad for the victim of the prank. (laughs) Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, Okay, so I was going to give one key. The the first thing is to be heartless. (laughs) (laughs) You you can't think twice about what you're doing. So your key, your first tip on how to make her college experience enjoyable at ORU. Be heartless. Yeah, be heartless. <laughs> Ignore that like thing in your conscience that's saying this is this is not a funny th- idea. This is gonna hurt somebody <laughs> emotionally. Ignore that. Suppress it. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Some might call it. Some would say the conscience. You're yeah. saying. Ignore it. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is, is, look, you have a lot, <laughs> you have a limited time <laughs> to build memories that are you're going to think about for a lifetime. <laughs> Great sort of stuff. That's you true. Have, you, you have very, a limited window. You have four years at college. Yeah. Well, you have the rest of your life to make amends with the people that you ticked off. <laughs> it's it's a matter of math. That is a lot of pressure, though, because yeah. it's almost like there's a lot of people that kind of like took their academics seriously for the first few years, didn't really make the most of their college mm. experience, and then they get to be a senior and they have to cram four years of tomfoolery into mm-hmm. one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's and not sustainable. You, no, you got to pace yourself. Yeah, yeah, and, and your judgment can't be clouded with what is in poor taste and puts people's. <laughs> 
physically at danger. You 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 can't do that. You just have to do the prank and see how it goes. Right. So my yeah. second tip, <laughs> my second tip is that we have a thing in culture that that if for for people that want to have these cool experiences, they're just gonna have to get over. You can't always be there for the payoff. A lot of this is for your psychological enjoyment. Mm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, if there's a prank that you don't get to see the outcome of, you right. know, that you, you, you don't hide and see, that's okay. You just have to know that it really ticked people off. See, that's like, don't they catch most arsonists at the scene of the fire? Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, like yeah. watching mm-hmm. his... Well, so, you're saying you got to resist the urge and just move on and know that it happened. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm thinking, like, if you remove a shower curtain or just cut the shower curtain at waist length... You don't have to wait for the people to show up to the shower to get enjoyment out of. It's funny just because you did it, you know. Or like, well, you know, when you hide an alarm clock in the ceiling to go off multiple times in the night, all you have to, you know, it just has to be funny in your head. Right. If you walk into someone's room and unleash a blood curdling scream and just run away, turning their lights on on the way out, it's just funny. It's just the thought of them. Right. You don't have to actually witness yeah. the prank. Right. 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 Yeah. Of course. My yeah. favorite one of those is the take a smoke alarm, mm-hmm. like a smoke detector mm-hmm. that has a full battery in it mm-hmm. and just hide it somewhere in the house. Because like six months later... Oh, when the battery droop. starts to go down. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? You know, my entire house doesn't have any smoke detectors. Because uh, last, safe. last year uh, at the Halloween party, we had the fog machine going yeah. and sets them all off. Sure. So I, I had to run around and take them all down. Haven't put them back up yet. And the Halloween party is coming up again. Yeah. And now I'm looping all the way around. Yeah, the Halloween so, party is yeah. almost here again. So at just keep point, them down. Right. Yeah. Just keep them down. Yeah. 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 We're, yeah. we're fog machine safe. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And look, you've made it this year. Without having a fire emergency. Right. <laughs> Why change now? Yeah. Let's say, it seems to me like the odds are in your favor. <laughs> and like you said, the arsonist is going to return, so you know who to pin it on later. Exactly. So what's right. the deal? That shadowy figure across the street, just like watching. Yep, that's yeah, him. him. Yep. He did it. That shadowy figure with the Molotov cocktail. I got a bad feeling about that. <laughs> something in my gut telling me something's afoot over there. Any, any other tips for Reagan Fleming about uh, making her college experience at OU more enjoyable? Anything, <laughs> anything involving live animals. Animals is funny. You don't want to hurt the animal, but if you like, I mean, we had a guy do this. He he had his outdoor balcony was right next to a tree, so he was able to like the old shoebox thing, like capture a squirrel, and you just put it in somebody's room while when they go to class. You don't have to tell them there's a squirrel. You don't have to hide out. Just let just knowing that there's a squirrel nesting somewhere in their room, and they're going to cross paths eventually, should give you pretty good satisfaction. So it's just about you know the psychological enjoyment of day-to-day life, knowing that you've got all these little ticking time bomb pranks going on around campus. You always have a grin on your face. Yeah. Well, and I think you have to, I think you have to remember too, like w- what Jesse's saying about not, it's going to be hard not to glow and tell people what you did mm-hmm. because if you do then you have to be prepared that someone's going to up the ante and do something yeah, worse and you yeah. can't be a poor sport about that right. well, yeah. well no I disagree you can be <laughs> <laughs> you can get irrationally mad and scream at someone uh, or you can just take it up a notch like you know if you cut the shower curtains and they do it to you this time you go back for the entire stall you need a, a, you need a screwdriver a three man crew and <laughs> it needs to be in the middle of the night but it's going to be an awkward morning for someone having to, uh, any kind of stomach issue <laughs> 
so this is good because uh, you know you hear about pranks more in the men's dorms yeah. than, than you do true. the women. So mm-hmm. this is good. We're, we're helping uh, Reagan be a trailblazer. I, I want her to write back about which one is the, she's attempted to. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's some good tips. That's some good tips, Reagan. Uh, make the most good of luck. it. Good luck. Uh, uh, no pressure. You just you're gonna remember these four years for the rest of your life. Also, yeah. can, can I throw out one more? Oh yeah, a little bonus tip. Bonus tip. This one and this one I never actually did, but I and I kind of regret it now. So so ORU is you know for people who are unfamiliar is a Christian school. There's chapel multiple times a week, and I feel like this before you get any chapel. It's you know the one thing about going to like a ministry service is people are always super nice. Mm-hmm. You know they kind of have to be sure. Like, it's part of the church experience. I want her just to join the praise band unsolicited during one chapel. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or just walk down the aisle and whisper in the worship leaders here that she has a special song just to see what they do. Because if you're a freshman, they're going to be nice to you. And it's going to be awkward for everyone involved. Just be willing to go through your special song if they say it's okay. <laughs> like you might, I, you might, it might not work, but you're not going to get in trouble because they think that you just want to be a part of the service but it will be funny for everyone yeah <laughs> it'll be memorable yep that's the key making memories all right that'll do it for ask the cast anything you want and we'll use our brains to answer Moving the show along, it's time for our new segment where we look back at what's happening this week in entertainment and culture it's time for in case you missed it got a few items this week um a long time listeners uh might know that i'm a i'm a huge fan of vinyl vinyl is my preferred way to buy and experience music and i'd like to say happily that the vinyl comeback is stronger than ever wow yeah Yeah. great uh every time i go in the shop more people there than now that streaming all that's happening there's more people at the record store i love it uh according to a recently released mid-year report from the riaa sales of vinyl records are up by more than 52 percent compared to last year that's great uh the report which only looked at new record sales not used ones which would add even more to it yeah uh showed that sales of actual records were almost half of the total of that of cd revenue no um, way uh, bringing in over 229 million dollars in six in the last six months Unsurprisingly, though, physical music sales as a whole, uh, all, all in, uh, continue to fall as yeah. more people are turning to uh, streaming music. So. How rarely does it happen that like technology from 30 years ago yeah. makes a comeback and yeah. like takes over for all the new stuff? Well, the thing like, that's crazy is it was like, you know, like hipsters are listening to cassettes. And right. that's, what, that's where vinyl was probably five or eight years ago. Yeah. It was like yeah. super niche. But now it's like, I mean, normal people are buying <laughs> record Violet. players yeah. and, and enjoying it. It's there's something about the sitting down and having to like flip a record over and like, you know, just, yeah. just it's great. I can't think of any other situation like where any kind of technology has been anything but completely expired. Other than like, like yeah, I mean like ironically calculator watches came right, back. Right. Or something like, like yeah. a joke, but yeah. like an actual yeah. form of something that's a part of your life. It'd be like imagine what computers were ten years ago and then coming back in twenty years. That's you true. Know? Like dial up modems. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's like the cassette thing. People are doing that, I feel like for the novelty of it. Right. Because yeah. it's there's like a nostalgic element for people for like millennials they actually were people who bought tapes back in the day when that was the primary way of consuming physical music. Yeah. But records aren't isn't just a novelty because they actually have a quality level and a sound that can't be achieved mm-hmm. with digital. Yeah. And especially streaming. Yeah, that was my question. Yeah. So I know that I know that like vinyl is a way better sound than like a CD, but a tape 
is worse than a CD, yes. right? Sound-wise. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and the tape also, the more that that uh, magnet rubs over it, uh, it wears it down. I mean, yeah. like the, the, the quality degrades mm-hmm. as you listen to a cassette. That obviously doesn't happen with a, a vinyl record. Yeah. yeah. Film is starting to do that again in movies. Oh. Like the new Star Wars movies being shot on film stock again. That's true. Yeah, I'm watching Project Greenlight right now on HBO, and there was, I mean, the first three episodes was a huge debate because the budget was for them to shoot digital, mm. and the filmmaker like just demanded that they find money to to, to shoot on film. actual film yeah. yeah and and so it was like almost like a a, a commercial for like the quality of a film experience yeah. because you know all the nuances of how it treats light and yeah. and the feel of it they they can come close with digital they can yeah. treat digital to, to but it's not the same yeah well v- vince gill again i was listening to hit him talk about uh, it's vince digital. gill vince gill <laughs> oh vince gill yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah he was talking randomly about uh, his greatest hits catalog now on tape <laughs> Got some real heartbreakers on there. They <laughs> should missed it. No, no, but Vince Gilligan was—I I think he was on Marin, but he was talking about Better Call Saul. He was really pushing for film, but the the cinematographers that uh, he able he was able to land were able to get digital so close, and it would save so much money that he ended up going digital, even though he was like a film purist. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just—I mean—the film cost difference for this little what uh, indie film uh, hour and a half. Uh, it was four hundred thousand wow. dollars to shoot in film. So imagine an entire series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're millions of dollars. Yeah, I mean, you just can't. And multiple takes, multiple takes. Yeah. You know I mean? Okay. Can everybody remember their first tape? Backstreet Boys, Millennial. Uh, no tape. Wait, that you bought? Uh huh. You bought it. You bought that as a tape. Yeah. That was in the nineties. Yeah. They were selling tapes in the nineties. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. I got that. I got Blink One Eighty Two on tape. Oh, I got wow. MXPX on tape. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. That's from crazy. F- from FYE. My, my first <laughs> tape was the Fat Boys in 1985. Wow. Yeah. Mine was uh, Sandy Patty Live. Uh, it was <laughs> white. I think it's pronounced live. What was your first <laughs> CD that you bought with your own money? Star Wars soundtrack. Oh. At Sam's Club. I think, oh. I think the first CD I remember really listening to over and over, my friend Janelle actually gave me, and it was Mary J. Blige. Oh, my oh, So good. My first CD. I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. Um, yeah. My first CD, I was with my cousin. Oh. And we were all out shopping at the outlet malls, and she and I found like the Fye equivalent. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I bought De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising on CD and snuck it home in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like shoplift it, but you stuck it in. No, from I your bought parents. it, but I had to hide it from my mom. Right. I didn't ha- yeah. Where in your pants? Uh, f- front. Great. <laughs> if he had shoplifted it, he would have been more nervous bringing it back into his house. Yeah. Than leaving his- yeah. I, I had a friend who was convinced that his mom was going to find his secret secular music stash, you know? And I was like, oh, man, you, you should definitely get rid of that. It's just not worth the risk, man. And he ended up giving it worked. He gave them all to me. It was awesome. I was like, dude, Green Day Dookie, this is sweet. Um, let's see. There's a couple more items. Uh, the man known as Kanye's pastor mm. is about to be on. Re- Reality TV, uh, Oxygen is getting rebooted. Like the new Oxygen, the guy who used to head up MTV. So like when the Hills era and all mm-hmm. that, yeah, uh, he's now he- taken over Oxygen. So he's kind of rebooting it. The new Oxygen, yeah. And one of the first shows in this new wave is a uh, recent uh, reality TV show starring uh, Rich Wilkerson Jr. It's called Rich in Faith. And it's uh, it follows the pastor and author as he's launching his church in Miami called Vu Church. Uh, he officiated Kanye and Kim's uh, wedding. He is a beautiful he man. He's a good looking guy. Yes, he is. Here's a uh, clip of uh, the trailer of Rich in Faith. I'm Rich Wilkerson. Just look right at me. I love my life. How sick is this? Right? It's 
beyond anything I ever dreamt it could be. All day, every day. Oh, and did I mention I'm a pastor? Yeah. We're on a journey to bring faith to our generation in a whole new way. I come from a different perspective. I don't think people are interested in a bunch of religion, like, yo, tell me what I can and can't do. But I think people are interested in having a relationship with the higher power. Nothing will be yeah. I'm so, getting acquired the fire flashbacks. Yeah. So Jason Kennedy from E is one of the executive producers and uh, he kind of helped make that show come together, you know, and it's like, it, apparently, you know, it, it's a good show. I, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you can see what people can do with trailers and that's unfortunate, but Hey, yep. hey. Uh, I hope this show is better than the trailer. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and I've heard of that. It is. Cause so. I'm sure, cause he's awesome. He's, like, yeah, he is. And Jason's great. Super down to earth guy. Super down to earth. He's in the next issue of relevant and the team that, uh, Aaron, uh, talked to him multiple, multiple times mm-hmm. and just couldn't believe like how grounded he was and how, how just sincere he was. He just, none of this hypey stuff. And this trailer is like, <laughs> and I'm a pastor. Man, but wait, <laughs> he's a pastor. I just looked him up, and I'm curious because you guys all were like, "Yeah, he's really good looking." He's no like, Eric McTaxis. No, 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 no. He's no, not no. McTaxis. Like, what no. was it about him that all of you guys were like, "Yeah, his yeah, eyes, he's good looking dude." His eyes, his eyes pierce right wait into your heart. Till you see the article in the yeah. new issue. I'll his eyes. Out. He's got a nice <laughs> smile, like a friendly smile. <laughs> he also seems to be in great shape, but not like intimidatingly great. Yeah, you know, not, he doesn't flaunt it. No, exactly. It's just toned. Yeah, it's just who yeah. he is. You know. Just a natural handsomeness. Is that specific enough, Joy? Because I could keep no, going. No, it's good. I just I'm always curious if there's like one thing that all of you guys like agree upon. So J- J- Jeremiah, let me ask you this: Have you peeped the ab situation? Uh, great question, <laughs> Jesse. And the answer is obviously yes. Um, okay. I got a good enough look to know that hey, this guy is down to earth, but takes care of himself. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> right this just got weird. <laughs> the was... final question and answer is just where it went. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, sorry, I'm perceptive and have an opinion, Cam. <laughs> About another man's <laughs> the abs. Question, the question was the odd part, not the answer. <laughs> okay, uh, last item, and in case you missed it, filmmaker Wes Anderson, you guys were talking about the fox and the hound mm-hmm. earlier, uh, he's revisiting the art of uh, stop-motion animation. According to IndieWire, Anderson's next movie will be in a similar style as his 2009 family comedy, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh. But this one will be about the world of dogs. So Fox oh, and the Hound, Fox, okay. Dogs, there you go. I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum's been in a ton of his uh, movies, and he revealed to Nerdist that he's voicing the dog movie along with uh, Brian Cranston and Ed Norton. So and, and what's weird is uh, the topic of dogs. If you're familiar with the Wes Anderson catalog, you might remember that he has a contentious relationship with, <laughs> yeah. with the animal. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the movies feature dog deaths, canine mm-hmm. injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, even a dog was drugged. Uh, <laughs> so this probably isn't going to be like, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, yeah. it, it is yeah. weird that he chose dogs because he seems to have something against dogs. Like he they does. literally, he yeah. kills them in a lot of his movies. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what this is, is him just finishing the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> All dogs go to heaven in this movie. Yeah. 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 I do love Jeff Goldblum's voice, though. I feel like he'll be perfect as a dog, and that's not as an insult. I feel like he'll just be very uh, fitting. Do you you like Jeff Goldblum? I love oh, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is in every movie. He's Jeff Goldblum. Yep. There's yeah. a lot of people like that, though. 
and, and that's it fine worked. to it me. I, I went and watched the original Jurassic Park in so there's like a, oh, so good. Oh, he's hilarious. Like yeah. I didn't get it when I was younger watching it and watching him now. I thought it was now really you get brilliant. the adult humor right now that you're yeah, old enough to be I'm as just, crazy as Jeff Goldblum is. <laughs> no, I really think I'm losing my mind. Like I've started taking coconut oil because apparently that's supposed to help our brain. Do you guys know that? Like <laughs> what? It's true. Like vegetable oil, all those vegetable oils and stuff that we eat and everything. Yeah has an impact the most on the memory of our like 40 and under right now. Uh-huh. And so I think that's why I'm losing my mind. Okay. Wait, but you just said that you switched to coconut oil. So I'm try- I put coconut oil in my coffee in the morning. It's supposed to help my brain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for in case you missed it. It's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out next Friday, October 23rd. John Foreman is coming out with The Wonderland's Dawn. So it's a series again. It's a, re- it's a reboot. Yep. Uh, Vanessa Carlton's coming out with Lieberman. Uh, John Mark McMillan is coming out with Live at the Night. Mm. It's the back cover ad of the new issue of Relevance. Gorgeous looking, actually. Yeah. This album. It's a yeah. live album. I've seen a few of the videos. They're really good. Yeah. He's uh, a phenomenal live performer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Satellites and Sirens is coming out with Wildfire. Uh, apparently, if there is a wildfire, there'll be a lot of sirens and satellites, like mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. find out how it's spreading yeah. and stuff. So. Very Which, scientific mm-hmm. album. Uh, <laughs> speaking of satellites, I saw uh, The Martian last night. It's good. Oh, it's good. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, well, I saw the 940 show on a Monday. Oh, <laughs> so um, I got home at like one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, wow. I was like, wow, this is a little longer than I thought it'd be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, really, really good. Uh, th- I think if the commercials weren't trying to play up like wow it's funnier than you expect and yeah, all that stuff yeah, yeah. i would have been pleasantly surprised mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh but i expected it to be funnier yeah <laughs> um i don't but like, anyway. this isn't funny at all and, yeah. and they're like 94 percent of ron tomatoes and i was like i don't know yeah, like, oh, yeah, maybe like 85. Did you see it on a real big screen or was it just a normal TV? It's not like, on a movie screen. They're pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't see it on that. He watched it on his Apple Watch. On a one to four star scale, what do you give it? I give it a four. I mean, it's definitely one like you'll want to own. You'll come back to yeah, it. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you can't help with some of the the jaw-dropping imagery. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't help but go, oh, yeah, I saw this in Gravity. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. feel mm-hmm. like Gravity kind of stole a little bit of what there would have been even more wow factor yeah. had, had yeah. we not seen Gravity, but it was yeah. really good. Matt Damon's phenomenal. I will say yeah. I want I want to see it in the theater because A, movies like that I want to see on a big screen, but B, when I, I heard it was really long and those are the kind of movies I want to pay for in the theater because I feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Thanks for your box. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, just do what Cameron does. Watch it on your, your iWatch or yeah. your Apple Watch. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> sitting outside, watching it on my Apple Watch. Yeah, Plus like, Ridley Scott. I mean, I love him as a director. Yeah. It was and really good. This was, uh, supposedly kind of rekindled his love for sci-fi so he's gonna go back and kind of peek i love the what i really liked about it it was like it was reality it was the real world but Mm -hmm. kind of like vaguely 15 years from now sort of thing yeah 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 Yeah. which is interesting too there was two people two or three people in it right that were also in inner interception or interstellar (laughs) interstellar gosh Coconut oil. Yeah, more coconut oil in your coffee. Yeah, it was it was excellent. So I thought it was. I mean, you didn't like sci-fi. You hear sci-fi. Obviously, this fiction, Mm -hmm. but it was so based in reality. It was like really plausible, really believable. Here's my review. I wish they would have cut about eight minutes from the movie. Yeah, the last eight. eight. No, just about eight minutes. Yeah, just nip and tuck here and there would have been way better. But it's still really no, good. No, but I yeah. think yeah. I think honestly, like even though we're thinking, oh, it could be a little bit shorter. I feel like movies should 
move to be a little bit longer if we just mentally prepare and don't go at 940 at night because I think these shows that that are coming out are have so much plot and character development that it's making movies that are an hour and a half just nothing so yeah. if a movie is like mm-hmm. two and a half three hours long it can be a bit more involved I agree with you yeah. I mean and, and two I think they're you know, obviously you reflect on it. This is the thing. This, you know, it's a good movie when you're like, you're driving home reflecting on it. You yeah. know, you're really yeah. thinking about it. And and I felt like it should be eight minutes shorter. And I, and I said that to my friend and, and, and then I'm going, but the emptiness and the solitude of what he was going through and the length of the journey and the multiple mm-hmm. years that it would take for this to resolve. It's not a quick wang bang, you know, yeah. moving thing. So that thing of like, it felt like it was dragging in moments. It was almost like I, Feels, felt very intentional, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. All right, last mu- uh, music release. Uh, Half Moon Run is coming out with Sun Leads Me On. Yeah. Oh, all these themed names. Movies coming out the same day. Jim and the Holograms is coming back for all yes. the 80s oh, kids nice. out there. Finally. Yeah, that's the one we were all clamoring for. Yeah. It's another one I don't know who it's for because it's nostalgic for people in their 30s now, but they're not going to go see this movie and the kids that would be the right age and it looks terrible yeah it doesn't even look good uh also coming out the last witch hunter the last one the last last one one. uh starring vin diesel i I, of course he's the last one yeah right he's gonna take care of the the problem i get vin diesel and the rock mixed up in my head sometimes anybody else of the world one's uh one's an adonis and one's a little man like which one's the the rock the rock is huge yeah and Vin Diesel's a little little man. He's, he's not he, like height wise. His yeah. height wise. His yeah. his bulging muscles are an optical illusion, though. It's a scale thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's why they can't be in a movie together. Right? That's right. Well, they yeah. were in the they were in the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, unless it was yeah. like a Danny DeVito, oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger twins type odd oh. coupling thing. They should do mm-hmm. a reboot of twins with or, those or two. Or Vin Diesel could play young Rock. Like in a movie that oh, like yeah. spanned seven the whole, year old yeah, rock? like seven year old rock <laughs> yeah. that then grew into the full size adult rock mm. later in the movie. Mm. Yeah, or or and and they just jumped right to the sequel of Twins, where Vin Diesel is a doctor uh, who, with the help of the Rock, gets pregnant as a man, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> just like the film Junior. But here's the twist. Just like the film Druner, the doctor will speak in an Austrian accent. <laughs> By the way, he's not from Austria in the movie. He just has the accent. <laughs> uh, also coming out in theaters, Rock the Casbah, the Bill Murray. Uh, so good. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Zoe Deschanel's in it. Uh, Kate Hudson's in it. Bruce Willis is in it. Danny McBride is in it. It's, it's going to be good. So Eddie won't see it. Why? Because Zoe? Because Zoe's in it. Zoe's in it. <laughs> yeah, Zoe's in it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for entertainment releases and in case you missed it and uh jesse's fox update and us answering a question from a listener look at that stay tuned up next slices
You're listening to Flagship. The song is I Want You. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Casey Hill with Arm's Length. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Well, I, I wanted to bring this story because I, I don't know, you guys, I am sick and tired of the political divisiveness in this country. The lamestream oh. media. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always, always, it's it always fear and us versus them, Trump versus Hillary. I'm just tired of it. Yeah. Right. And I think we should move to a more civil model, something like is happening that, that like is happening right now in Japan. So right now in Japan, a group of 11 governors and mayors. So to bring 11 of any type of politicians together from a parts of different parts of a country, even if they have the same political views, I think in this day and age is pretty tough. Yeah. You know, yeah, everyone wants a spotlight. Everyone's their pet issue. Yeah. In Japan, they've laid it aside for these 11 guys to come together and they've officially assembled the Japan Ninja Council. <laughs> yes. These are real politicians. These are, these are governors and mayors, sitting governors and, and mayors in Japan. They legitimately name themselves this, or this is what other people are calling This is like them. the racist name that we're choosing to call this like political party. Yeah. No, no. They have started the, the Japan Ninja Council. Uh, you can go. <laughs> they actually launched a website. Which is, it's pretty bare bones right now. It's Ninja, <laughs> it's a great name for a site, ninja-official.com. <laughs> yeah, but bare bones, that's how ninjas are, man. Yeah, yeah all you need true. is all you, you need like one stick. Yeah. You're done. Yeah, exactly. You don't need <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think there's nothing on the website, and the next thing you know, pop up, huge site. <laughs> yeah, just you're boom. dead. Yeah. <laughs> next thing you know, a, a ninja star hits you in the back of the head because the ninjas are in your house now. <laughs> no, no, next thing there's like a computer virus just pops out of nowhere, yeah. just, Bam. just takes you down. Yeah. <laughs> so they started uh, the Japan Ninja Council because they feel like ninjas were such a cool part of Japanese culture, but in the modern day and age, they're just not getting any attention. So, uh, you know, and they feel like that's a shame because a great part of Japanese cultural history. So the whole point of the Japan Ninja Council is to get powerful people who are politicians who also happen to be super into ninja stuff (laughs) to form this cool party. And (laughs) their stated goal is to reignite a ninja boom in Japan, <laughs> leading up to the 2020 Olympics, when oh. the world's eyes wow. will be on the country once again. Right. This sounds like the plot for the next Ninja Turtle movie. <laughs> Jesse, like, I have to say, I just looked up the website. I'm a little disappointed because there's not much in English. So. Oh, it's all in Japanese or some kind of coded ninja language I don't know about. I didn't think that I mean, far It's in. called Japanese. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but they do. The only, really, <laughs> the only thing that they have of note on the website is one sweet three minute forty five second video, which is lin- literally just a bunch of ninjas <laughs> doing sweet ninja moves with sweet ninja weapons, while words like ninja pop up on the no screen. No way. <laughs> and right in the lower hand right hand corner, there's a little ninja star, and if you put the cursor over it, it starts spinning. <laughs> well, that's what you do. That's how you But I mean, they found a way to unite the country. Yeah. But political differences. Imagine if America had a ninja council where we could bring our political parties together. Think how much more fun the debates would be if between questions that each candidate had to do a sweet ninja demonstration just like this video. I think we had that. It's called the Justice League back in the 60s. <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and it went pretty well because yeah. we had Superman Batman out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've got a couple of like uh, friends with Japanese heritage and they, they get joked about being a ninja a lot and it annoys them. It's incredibly racist. Yeah, it annoys them and so it seems like 
Japan isn't helping uh, you stereotypes. Know, yeah, stereotypes yeah. by like making all their governors and mayors join a ninja council. What are they wanting to get out of this? This is like a PR stunt, I assume. But to accomplish nunchucks, what? nunchucks. Probably. Like I said, their stated goal is to reignite a ninja boom. It seems pretty simple to me. I, know, but like, <laughs> I mean, some, are they like shareholders in like a nunchuck manufacturing plant or something? Like you know, what I mean, there's got to be an ulterior motive. Not with ninjas. I mean, th- there could be some conspiracy that you know there's some financial gain to be made in this ninja boom but uh, it could just be like look man there's no reason that people should be talking about ninjas more <laughs> yeah maybe they think that the world is deathly afraid of ninjas and it would kind of it, like make japan resurge right. as a New world empire, power yeah. yeah as a global power yeah. ninja awareness month yeah. yeah right or maybe it's only japanese americans that are offended by the stereotype maybe the true japanese residents love it that's true yeah. That could be true. Mm-hmm. Are these governors and stuff actually doing this sweet ninja moves, or are they just like they just like that it happens and they're watching it? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. In the video, which it, let me reiterate, is very sweet. <laughs> the ninjas are obviously in disguise, so who knows behind? <laughs> That's that. true. Yeah. I mean, it could be all governors. I just don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, okay, what do you have, Joy? Um, okay, this is from uh, Rachel Glavin on Twitter. Uh, she got me a great article. Now, I will say. It's from 2014, sure. but <laughs> right. it's a study. Breaking news. <laughs> I know, I know, guys. But listen, it's a study, and it was done by people in Yale, so I feel like that kind of makes it official. Okay, so you know I'm trying my new thing where I like ask a question to start off yeah. my yeah. slice. When was the last time you cried at something that made you happy? These, This is not rhetorical, right? You want to actually know? Yeah, I actually oh. want an answer. Cried happy. at something happy? Cried at something happy. I, uh, last week, uh, when I was traveling, I had to, um, Cohen's teacher, uh, the, his school, they were doing a thing like one day, uh, they wanted all the parents to write a letter about what they love about the, each kid and like what they see in them and speak into their lives. And like, they wanted us to send in a letter to our child. And I was sitting in an airport lounge writing a letter to Cohen and I'm just sobbing like a baby, like, you know, <laughs> but it was more heartwarming than happy. Yeah. But yeah. that was probably the last time I cried. Cameron, I thought you were going to give like a twist ending to your story, which was very, you know, sweet and, and authentic. But I thought you were going to say, so I'm writing this letter to Cohen. And I realized that Auntie Anne's pretzels was just right there. And I really wanted cinnamon sugar. It was about <laughs> tears of joy. Perfect. <laughs> I love that you call it Auntie Anne's Auntie pretzels. Auntie Anne's. What, what do you call it? Auntie Anne's. Okay, I okay. This is. A I, I don't. Maybe you grew up in England. I don't know. Maybe you did. I'm just saying. There's a U in the word. <laughs> oh, that's true. All right. Okay, uh, Jesse, you can't get out yeah. of this emotional question. I I honestly can't realize that I cried because I was happy. I cried because I was laughing so hard. Does that count? <laughs> no. Did Laugh you cry when your son was born? No. <laughs> I it, I was I was very happy and still am. Yeah. But it's just not it's just not in my nature to cry about. You know, but well, and I don't see anything wrong with it. I just it doesn't, you know, it doesn't elicit that reaction for me personally. Also, your son came out with a full beard, so I think you're more freaked out than <laughs> yeah. anything else. His son, his son came out as Will Ferrell in that SNL sketch, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> oh, it's so hot in there. <laughs> yeah. He really wanted an Auntie Anne's pretzel too. <laughs> Dad, pretzel me. <laughs> okay, so basically, they wanted to study why it is that we sometimes have reverse emotions to our feelings. So it's like something's happy. Um, or great, but then we end up crying. Right. Um, but also the other step in that was like violence. And that's, <laughs> that's where I connected with the sure. research. Right. <laughs> they, they were talking about like the cuter, the baby, like the higher people get like 
oh, the baby's so cute. I just want to bite its cheeks off, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and go like, no, 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 no. I just want to squeeze it. And that's where I think like even they were they were using the example of babies. And truly, they're saying the cuter the baby, like if it has bigger, like doughy eyes and a rounder face, the more violent people get with their their I've like wondered that many times actually like people saying that's so cute i just want to kill it i know and i relate so strongly <laughs> with that because we used How to jesse have... is with the foxes yeah. yeah yeah exactly i we had kittens growing up we had this cat that just got around in the neighborhood and we had kittens all the time <laughs> and i just would i remember being like j- just my jaws would clench so tight because i was afraid i just was going to squeeze it to death <laughs> <laughs> and so what they're basically what they're saying is it's this it's a it's a the two different expressions that have the same origin like you're happy or it's really cute they come out because it it's it's a balancing of the equilibrium like so that you don't go too high or too low your body goes you're really happy right now we're going to bring in something sad or we're going to oh. bring in like isn't that fascinating yeah that's fascinating I would have so. thought that maybe I wanted to kill it because I was threatened by its cuteness or something. <laughs> threatened by its cuteness. <laughs> but what they 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 didn't talk about my issue with kittens, but they also didn't talk about, and I thought this is probably the same thing of like when someone tells me something really really sad or messed up. You laugh. I, I laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know other people that do that. Isn't that? Yeah, I do that for sure. I definitely do that. Well, what, like, give me an example of something sad that you started laughing at that wasn't funny. This has happened. Well. This for me, Joy. This has happened. Someone has told me that their parent has died, and then I'll yep. smile and be like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so yeah. sorry." What is wrong with you? I know. I was gonna I say know. that, I, Jeremiah. I think there's something bad wrong with you, man. No, there's not, <laughs> Jeremiah. Listen, it, I would, I would argue after reading this research, I would argue that maybe Jeremiah and I just feel more than the rest of the people, so we're feeling such empathy. I agree. With, it, I agree with that. I agree with that. That we have to balance it out. Like, truly, I've had the exact same thing. Someone told me about how their their mother died very tragically when they were little and i was so thrown off by like how it happened mm-hmm. that i was doing everything like i have to start thinking i i have to train myself like anytime i know that i'm about to smile or like laugh at like terrible news yeah i go back to when i was 11 and we had to put my dog dusty down and then you just lose it you laugh so hard, yeah, I laugh so hard. <laughs> the height of comedy dusty yeah. put down i know it's it is messed up but this this article and this research actually made me feel a little bit more normal so yeah that's crazy there you go all right what do you have jd so it's october and everywhere else in in the united states except for florida of course fall Sure. The signs of fall are coming around. Uh, pumpkin spice, everything is there. Cameron, you're uh, suiting up for your Halloween party. Yeah, I'm checking all the uh, smoke alarms. Yeah, making all sure they're the, off. Yeah. Cleaning, yeah. The, cleaning the pool. <laughs> Jeremiah is prepping for his uh, harvest party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but here in Florida, we don't get to experience fall really. No, we do. It's called January and February. So <laughs> maybe in January and February we we would experience, but there's a certain aspect of it that we never get to experience because our foliage doesn't allow us to experience. Yeah. We don't we don't get any leaves. Right. There's oh, no true. changing That's leaves. True. There's no falling leaves. Again, not true. I have a maple leaf, I have a maple tree in my backyard and every j- third you week are in January. Ruining my slice. Third week in January, <laughs> it turns red for 3 days. <laughs> well, that's because you have a man that comes to your house and spray paints the leaves red <laughs> right. just to, you know, make it feel I do. Better. I have a I have a spray paint guy. That's yeah. true. Yeah. There is a Boston area man who has decided to help the rest of us that just need a little bit more autumn in our lives. Mm. For 19.99, he will ship you a bag full of 
freshly fallen leaves from his yard. Mm. Oh, my. Oh. Yeah, he has a, a website. Um, Ninja.official. Yeah. <laughs> dash, dash. Ninja dash. <laughs> Ninja dash leaves. Um, he has a website called shipfoliage.com. Mm. that launched earlier this year and began sending its first packages of hand-picked leaves to U.S. customers this week. Uh, so far, he has hit over 200 sales. Oh, my. Wow. So 200 people have bought a $20 bag of leaves. How big are these bags? Are they like trash bags? They don't, or they don't like a... say, but I'm imagining they're like trash bags. You can select whether you want an assortment of colors or you want all yellow leaves, all red leaves, all orange leaves. The interesting part to me is this isn't his first uh, adventure in this kind of capitalistic endeavor because last year he shipped snow across the Whoa. United States. Like in some kind of cooled, like cooler or Once something? Once again, it doesn't state the shipping means. Trash bag. Yeah. I, I do <laughs> think it would be humorous if you, if you had ordered a $20 order of snow and you just get a... A once soggy cardboard box on your doorstep. And there's just like a carrot and two charcoal. <laughs> yeah, just left over. It was like, you know, thanks for your business. Please order again. Uh, but yeah, so if there are any of our listeners who are in a similar state mm-hmm. of being or, you know. Arizona. You know what I could do? For the people who are in the dead of winter, dead of winter, and they loved the fall, and they missed oh, the fall. they missed it. Third week in January, I got a tree in my yard. You just, <laughs> I could scoop up those red leaves that were spray painted. How many and customers it, could you possibly serve, though? A, a full bag? One and a half. One and a half. <laughs> hey, <laughs> so supply and demand, yeah. that's like $600 a bag. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. It reminds sure. me of the guy a couple of years ago who started the service, the glitter bombing service. That's I remember right. that, yeah. That guy changed the world. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, got, he had so many orders, he got you know stressed out about it, and he ended up selling his company because he didn't have the capacity to keep filling them. Basically, his idea was to fill. He would send an envelope full of glitter to anyone you wanted because as anyone who's got like a glittery greeting card knows, it's a really a nightmare. Yeah, once you, once glitter is out, it's out. It could be in your house the rest of the time you live there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is my nightmare. Yeah. Is receiving you know, a glitter it, bomb. It, I'm always a victim of that because when I open a letter... I, 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 you know, I open it, I open it on the top and then I just reach in. I don't even look. I just reach in and I just, yank out anything that's in there. And that's how anthrax. I open That's how I read my Everywhere. mail. Yeah. And, uh, anthrax. Anthrax glitter. I've been the victim of all I'm going to taste this glitter real quick. I just want to be sure it doesn't taste I'm cool. Curious. This glitter is really white. It's odd. And it doesn't shine at all. JD, what kind of glitter is this? Ugh. Is this guy, uh, is this so you can like spread the leaves in your yard? So you can feel like they've fallen down? No, I think he sends you wax paper with it. So you can uh, press the leaves. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it in a book, save the leaves. Great. No, you, you put it up in your window, right? And then yeah. the light would shine through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't think he cares what you do with the leaves. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of <laughs> There's it. not his problem anymore. Does he guarantee yeah. that the color's still there when it arrives? Because leaves do turn brown quickly. Yeah. I mean, I don't we have much are experience all with them. aware <laughs> of the efficiency of the United States Postal Service. Yes, so I'm right. sure it gets to its you know destination relatively quickly so because you know this guy could be just like putting brown dead leaves in a bag and then when somebody complains uh, he's like oh i don't know it was colorful when i shipped them yeah yeah well the the, the other thing is i i would like it if he was just sending people random people bags of leaves (laughs) (laughs) and that way like he would send out a big garbage bag full of leaves to just like a random address with no letter or anything 
And three days later, he would wake up in his bed and just have a grin on his face and be like, yep, it should be arriving today. <laughs> so he's the secret prank that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's never going to find out the people's reaction to the leaves, but he knows deep down something funny happened, and he was the cause of it. Especially if he like sends it to a home where it's just a region that just gets tons and tons of leaves, and that homeowner just raked all the leaves up. And then yeah. they get I, I respect his resourcefulness, though, using what he has to make money. I actually... It made me think I have a job idea uh, for myself. Can Ooh, I run it by yeah, you guys? Please. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Shark Tank situation. Well, I have about 10 job ideas and I keep dabbling in different things. Uh, but I was trying to think what's something I could do anywhere. You could dabble. Professional dabbler. Yeah. yeah. So I obviously moved away from doing Love and Respect now. Um, but so I don't necessarily want to fall back into that. But at the same time, I feel like. I, I still have a heart for helping people with relationships. And I was thinking about like anytime I make an appointment with my therapist, because I don't I like don't go and see her like consistently. I'm just like, I need to see you now. And then yeah. I call and they're like, oh, she's not free for like two months. Sure. So I was thinking, what if and one of the other things is that people when they would write me in relationship questions, I'd always be like, I don't really know the whole situation. I wish I could have a conversation with them. Mm. So I was thinking, what if I set up a site where people could, you know, I'm not dubbing myself as a licensed therapist, but I'm just like a relationship coach. Sure. And people could like somehow push a button that would like be connected to my phone and be like, are you available now? Oh. <laughs> and if I was on Skype, then I could be like, yes, I'm ready in 15 minutes. Or if I'm not, I could be like, here's my calendar, make an appointment. And then people, we just talk for as long as they need to talk. And then I follow up with a like, here's what we talked about. Here are your action steps and da, 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 da. Here, I will tell you this for sure, though, Joy. Uh, it's really important that you know. Ninja Dash official is taken. Dang it. So I don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to use that for your How new site. How about Ninja Girl Dash official? Ooh. If you spell girl with a U. That's a whole, don't go there. Then, <laughs> hey, let me check it out. Do not go there, guys. Uh, so, so technically, you'd be, taken. A, you'd be a life coach, right? Isn't that how people... Like a, like a life coach hotline. Question. I have a question, a real question. Yeah. You, you, you have a, a penchant for helping others. Uh, mm-hmm. Why don't you just become a licensed counselor uh school yeah i hate school i i've taken classes for coaching i like the coaching approach as opposed to like coaching is like here's where you're at let's talk about some action items whereas counseling is more like what happened to you when you were five yeah right um so my personality is more like let's talk about the now and um that could be that could be your website let's talk about the now.com mm-hmm. there and, you and, go and cameron yeah. can i can i just add one thing there about being a licensed counselor I don't understand licenses. <laughs> if someone wants me to cut their hair uh-huh. in exchange for money, government does not need to be involved. If someone exactly. wants me to give them advice and then later compensates me for said advice, end of transaction. I think it should just be like my name and then like just the un is really small, but it's like unlicensed therapist. <laughs> That's the thing. Is there anything preventing me from being an unlicensed like dentist? Like if I let people know, hey, I'm going to work on your teeth, but I technically I don't have a license to pack. You yeah, know, so when does it cross dentistry. the line? Is it when they give you money? Because, I mean, you could volunteer free dentistry for yeah. for people, I would think. No, you can't. Well, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not the money. It's the, it's the disclaimer. I think if you have something that's like, I am not a licensed da, 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 da. 
But you're going to take my advice. You're going to. I, I don't know if I could consent to Cameron working on my teeth and then pay him for it legally. I it might might be the case, but I don't. Th- I think you have to have a license to do to operate like that. I right. think we could set up a Craigslist type website of everybody's unlicensed interest. You know, uh-huh. you have unlicensed dentistry, unlicensed, yeah. you know, counseling. Yeah. Life so you don't have to deal with insurance. Yeah. See, see, Jesse, you can't tell me that. Like, if you. You know, you had a hurt tooth, and I came into your house, and I was like, okay, I've got this string. I'm going to tie it around it, and we're going to tie it to a doorknob, and I'm going to slam this door that I need to be licensed for that. <laughs> I sure know my parents weren't licensed, and they did that all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I would have people come in, and I'd be like, you know it'd be cool? Fangs. <laughs> I think I can figure it out, too. <laughs> got some nail files. Yeah, you can just file, file a couple of them down. Do you guys have a license to practice to be a chiropractor? I, yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. I think to call yourself a chiropractor. Why would you have you to do? be okay? But why would you have to be licensed to be a chiropractor, but not like an acu- acupuncturist? Like like the Eastern medicines it seems like it's a free free for all over <laughs> there. It seems very arbitrary. Yeah, you know, like if you want to work on somebody's body in any way, it's not a government decision. Like you can't <laughs> you can't crack their back, but you can stab them with three hundred needles. Yeah, right. You can stick things in their body, and then they'll pay you. I actually no. I think you have to be a licensed acupuncturist. Really? You can't just yeah yeah yeah. But, yeah, but not, you're out there doling out advice about oils and stuff left and right, like Eastern medicine. You're not licensed. Yeah, I am licensed actually in oils. You are not. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not against license. I'm against them being mandatory. <laughs> right. So right. you're saying. So you're saying as long as the consumer knows that they have two dentist options, one is licensed and one is unlicensed, it's their choice. The government shouldn't have right. any say in it. Yeah, because nobody's stopping all those junior highs junior hires and junior high group when they're like oh will you crack my back as a way to like get close to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you knew the risk when i injured your back <laughs> <laughs> you know i have no training or school or licenses it's the the kramer uh, elaine situation yeah yeah uh, what's the worst that can go wrong other than maiming someone inadvertently <laughs> <laughs> but if they consented to it that's not your yeah. problem yeah listen i'm very i feel very bad that i injured you horribly but you knew entering into this what you were getting now that'll be $35. So in sum, basically, I can do this. I just need to be like, uh, you need to sign this document. Mm-hmm. And my only accreditation is that my dad knows stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Or just have a disclaimer on your website. By entering this site, you are agreeing to whatever services I provide. Yeah. Completely unlicensed. Welcome to unlicensedandlovingit.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Jefferson Bethke. Listening to Nadine Karina. The song is Crystal Eyes. In his new book, It's Not What You Think, best-selling author and spoken word artist Jefferson Bethke presents God's truths from the Old and New Testament as the challenging and compelling story that it is. A grand narrative with God at the center. 
In doing so, Beth Key reminds readers of the life-changing message of Jesus that turned the world upside down, a world that God's putting back together. Her very own Dargan Thompson recently spoke to him. Here is Jefferson Bethke. What kind of made you want to write this book? I was just at a place where I felt like the expressions of Christianity, or at least the the truths that I was trying to live in, it just didn't feel like it had a fullness to it. It didn't feel like it made this life matter, that this world mattered, stuff like that. And so then just through my own personal journey and study, I really, I'm kind of, I kind of nerd out on history stuff. So I was really digging deep into just context and what's the, what's the world of Jesus look like? What did the Roman world, how did that impact Jesus's words and the disciples and just basically context driven stuff. And every time I would come across a lot of that, basically it just really would light the Bible up to me. I felt like the example I use in the book is the kind of like the giver where things went from black and white to color you know, and I didn't even realize color existed. And so, so that's really what the whole book is about. The premise is really my own personal journey of entering the world of Jesus to understand the words of Jesus is really how I say it. And each chapter is kind of a big idea that I think we've kind of muted or lost or turned to black and white being 21st century Western Christians. So whether that's Sabbath or kingdom or temple or story, just concepts that we basically have kind of flattened that were very pivotal to really first century believers and Jesus himself. What might it look like for Christians to present a more accurate depiction of Jesus and not the version that we've created for ourselves? Well, I think a huge way to get away from it, um, which kind of I think maybe answers that question a little bit, is to really, really fight hard to depart from individual Christianity. I just think that's the more I read the scriptures, the more I see that like God's vision for humanity is not to get a bunch of people saved, but it's to make a new family. I mean, that's literally Genesis Revelation. You know, Adam and Eve had this mission, they failed, you know, and then you have Noah, but I would say specifically Abraham becomes this really iconic figure of God's going to put the world back together through a family. That's the promise. That's what the Jewish people hold on to. That is God's way to restore the world. And so we just make it so much more about like individual salvation when really when we come together as a community and realize that when that the main way God wants us to live is to live as a new people, a new family, or the phrase Paul uses in Ephesians is new humanity. Um, and I think when we do that, it, it is able to kind of neutralize a lot of the things that happen when we live in an individualistic Christianity, because we're just kind of, there's just no bearings, if that makes sense. So the more we, I feel like we, we say, we look at the scriptures and say, what is a, what does the new humanity look like? How do we live as the people of God here in this place and time? I've noticed kind of almost starts to like, it's not even going directly at that question, but it, it, uh, it just kind of naturally starts to happen of uh, where I feel like we start representing Jesus well and, and, and better than if we were to just think about it individualistically. Cause there's a little bit more accountability. You know, if everyone's just living their own version of Jesus, that's just, it's like crazy, you know, and it just it's a lot of different representations. In writing and researching this book, what were some of the, were there any like big surprises for you in what you discovered um, as opposed to what you've learned through <laughs> growing up in Christianity? The one I talk about in chapter one that's really personal to me is, you know, I grew up with kind of the gospel bracelets, right, where it has like the five colors and it's the really easy way to communicate the gospel. You know, uh, I'm blanking on the colors and the correlation, but most people know what I'm talking about when I say that, where it has like, you know, black for sin and then like, you know, white, Jesus cleans, cleanses you so you're white. And it's kind of like the progression of the gospel. It's usually meant for like people who don't speak English. So it's like a second language way to talk about the gospel. But I grew up with that. And what it subtly does is if you look at those bracelets, the whole 
gospel presentation that we're using the bracelets for to communicate is that it starts with sin. Like literally black is the first color on the bracelet. So we're telling everyone like we, and we, that's just usually even the guy on the street corner too, right? It's like, you are a sinner. You need Jesus. Well, that's just not the narrative of the scripture, the narrative of scripture, like Genesis one and two, I think if Christians get those books right, it changes their faith. I think if, if Christians are those chapters, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's the most misunderstood and also the most needed in the church right now. And so, yes, there's sin. Yes, there's black. But the better story, the bigger story is shalom and God's vision for the cosmos, including us, that we're image bearers, that the first voice over us was not condemnation, but was a voice of love and joy and my child walking in the garden with his creatures, the humans. And so when you start there, it's a whole different story, right? When you start with sin, or if you start with image bearer of God, that that really puts you on a very different trajectory. So I would say that's one big thing for me is I feel like, and the way I put it in the book, which I've heard kind of, you know, pastors talk about before is like, are you a Genesis one or a Genesis three Christian? Meaning are you primarily defined by sin or primarily defined by, you know, the most primal voice over you, which is your identity in God as an image bearer. Um, and sin comes and sin really fractures everything and you can't be put back together by yourself, but the story's bigger and better. Um, when you when you start in Genesis one and two, so I would say that's a huge one. I would say that one. I I just didn't hear that. I never Genesis one and two when I grew up was very much like this is the battleground for debate on evolution versus creation. Mm. This is uh, the, and so then it kind of was like well everyone who wanted to talk about something different there got really nervous. You know what I mean? It was like it only got used for that. So then let's just go to Genesis three. You're a sinner, and I get it because Genesis three, well Genesis two also are zoomed in on the human condition, not the cosmos like Genesis one, and so. I just see why we could do that, but it's, I don't know, I've just seen a lot of damage from it. And so I think, yeah, that's one huge thing is when we tell the story well, rather than zoom in on a bunch of facts, it really creates a totally different faith, in my opinion, or expression, I mean, of faith. So when people read this book, what do you, what's kind of your hope that they walk away? What are their next action steps? What do you hope they walk away thinking about and feeling? When people finish this book, I really want them to feel like Christianity is bigger, better, more joy-filled, more celebratory, and even a little bit more mysterious than they've ever thought. I think sometimes we get kind of almost bored or like disenchanted with our with our worldview of Christianity because I feel like it's kind of like a flimsy floppy version if that makes sense and so I feel like really yeah that that, that that this life matters that meals matter that how you treat your wife and kids matters your finances matter because we're, we're showing that we're that new people that new humanity and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and so that just really gives a vibrancy and kind of like a, a almost like a you know a spine to, to Christianity and so that's what I would hope with is they would just be so much more, they would realize how much a bigger of a story it is and that it's so compelling and it's, and God's really wooing us day by day by day into his new world and into um, his love. So that's, and, and then also kind of a little bit of a side note is usually a little bit of biblical illiteracy too. I really feel like I want to, my hope with all my stuff, videos, books, etc., is to really bring people to love the scriptures and to really feel like there's so much more there that we haven't dug into and that that really is where we need to keep going for the our, our whole life is to stay near the scriptures, look through the scriptures, not because they're just pa- words on a page, but because they testify about Jesus. So yeah, that's what I would say my hope for the book is. That was Jefferson Bethke. Find out more at jeffbethke, B-E-T-H-K-E, dot com. So-
You're listening to Springtime Carnivore. The song is uh, Name on a Matchbook. The Brilliance is a creative worship duo comprised of David Gunger and John Arndt. Uh, they create beautiful, complex worship music that's unlike anything else out there. They came by the studio a few months ago and performed a few songs for us, and we played two of them on the show right after they were here. But now we're premiering the videos of those performances on Relevant TV and in our YouTube channel. So we are playing the third song, because they did three uh, today. It's just so good. We didn't want you to miss it. Performing Does Your Heart Break from their album Brother. Here is The Brilliance. When the walls fell And the hungry child Cried out for help Did you hear the sound? Did your heart break? Does your heart break now?
Was the brilliance? Check out their album Brother. It's available anywhere music is sold. to Mr. Little Jeans. The song is Waking Up. It would be very tough to sleep very long if you're wearing little jeans. Little jeans. You know what I'm saying? Uh. That's basically every guy who goes to my church. Yeah. <laughs> Just little tiny jeans. They, they have very tiny jeans. They've gotten smaller, I think. Yeah. Yeah, or the guys are getting bigger and the jeans stay, stay the, the same, same size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's more in jegging territory at this point. I mean, there are some... Yeah, I know it's jegging. I think that there's a couple of those uh, As Seen on TV ones where it's actually like pajama jeans and yeah, it's like the stretchy, the stretchy spandex. They look like jeans, but they like... Like leggings, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but they're super comfy. I think that's what's the, all the rage now at our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Comfortability. How, do you wear them on stage? No. You're, you're in the worship band. I am. We call you Mister Little Jeans when you're uh, when you're up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mister Little Jeans is playing today. Oh, I love that group. No, it's uh, John David wearing yeah. tight pants. <laughs> Lift uh, your hands, everyone. Let's worship the Lord. <laughs> um, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week we asked you uh, what are some of the creative Halloween costumes that you're doing, or, or maybe some suggestions for the cast. You, got, you guys had a few uh, good ones. I liked them. Uh, you. Guys guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com you also hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast here's a few of our favorites 
I loved uh, Ross Montgomery's <laughs> I'm a Spice Girl fan. And uh, he said to wear a Spice Girl outfit, except for everything is completely orange, even your skin. And then you've created pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, that's good. He also said rip up some old clothes, get them dirty and worn looking, and boom, you're a Florida man or woman. <laughs> uh, Tate Randall said that uh, we put, initially put a prohibition on podcast references, but this was the national news story. Uh, so uh, uh, go as the down and out former toll booth employee who's now <laughs> struggling to make ends <laughs> hang around Eddie for the majority of the evening. Matt <laughs> <laughs> Downer said that you and Eddie Cameron should wear identical shirts as seen in valet. Turn up three hours late to the party and apologize for repeatedly for being late because you were blocked in. <laughs> I would like to see Cameron and Eddie in matching costumes regardless of what Eddie's it was. not coming to the party, so it, uh, wouldn't, it wouldn't land. We're like, oh, really, this is awesome. Eddie's, uh, <laughs> Eddie's if, uh, uh, he's yeah. dressed like this, but he's at his house. <laughs> so He's at Jeremiah's <laughs> harvest party <laughs> cutting wheat. Well, there's a lot more. I, I, I'm still, I haven't seen the one yet. I'm stressed out. The one. Well, there's still more time. I, you know who always has great costumes every year? Mr. John David Harris. Yeah, it happens. He, he and his wife and his child are always thematically linked. It's true. Oh, okay. So it's true. Yeah. Can you um, can you reveal what it is this year? I no. Does I yours can't. does yours Why? work without the other people? The reason I can't is because I haven't figured it out yet. Oh, I'm being I'm being ridiculously hard on myself this year. Are you going? And to, I don't know why. Because did, did I talk you into coming to the party? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah I mean, there's gonna be a, a wave of expectations, well, right? And the and the trick for me is so I need a costume that will work for my wife. My 18-month-old son yeah. and I yeah. together. Yeah, doing the, the family thing. The family and thing. And then the late night thing. And then the late minus night thing. Minus the kid. Right, and I don't want to yeah. get two costumes because that's just expensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just keep your kid in like a backpack thing and let him fall asleep? Because mm-hmm. I don't live in Portland. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> the coconut oil will have rubbed off by then. Yeah. <laughs> it could be a little coconut. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, one year uh, we came as a, I was a giraffe and my wife was a like a, a safari, safari guy. Yeah. 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 And a, if you ever seen John David in real life, you see his physique, you immediately you think, think giraffe. giraffe. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the strange part about the costume is there was no neck to this. That's the one thing about a giraffe. But it was like the it was and like their the, single identifying feature. Yeah. It was like yeah. the giraffe onesie PJs that you <laughs> oh, got. Yes, yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. Well, well, this is another one that we, we didn't talk about. But this is this is a a, a team effort if you're looking for something, yeah. JD. Oh, it's, nice. It yeah. gets edgy. Like you and your squad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. this? My crew, yeah, squad goals. Yeah, yeah. This one is a little edgy. <laughs> But uh, he, one goes as Kermit, one goes as Franklin Graham, and anyone else goes a Muppet protester. <laughs> nice. Nice. I mean, you, you can add as many people as you want to the costume. That's good. That's true. Yeah. Um, That's good. Joy, do you know what you're doing? Uh, yeah, we're. I think we're going to be doing the uh, Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch when they're in the they're in the hot tub. Oh, that's right. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But we're just going to get like a kiddie pool and like oh, cut out no. the bottom. 
and then oh. like somehow have like suspenders or something that'll keep it up, you know. And then they have the cooler of like oh. cured meats. Oh yeah. Julie, yeah. let me ask you this: When does construction begin? Because this seems pretty elaborate. I know. I know. I mean, like once you make the entrance, well, number one, how do you go in through a, a door with the kiddie pool? Uh, we'll just stay in the front yard or yeah, the backyard. Yeah, that's just it. It's not, you're not gonna have a fun party. You gotta like stand in this. Yeah. <laughs> actually, we're only gonna go to parties that actually have a hot tub in their backyard, and then we'll just stay there. <laughs> have you have you guys thought through bathroom breaks yet? Uh, diapers. Oh, great. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. obviously. Yeah. But the pool proof kind. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Exactly. exactly. Right. No, I will say uh, Matt's sister is like super into costumes. And one of the best costumes I think she did uh, when she was in college and she wore a hospital gown. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's super tiny and short. And she wore a hospital gown and then had a friend who he was like 6'4". And he just wore a diaper like he was a baby. Uh-huh. And then they had this really long, like, telephone cord in between them. Oh. And so he, she had just given birth. And so anywhere that they were in the party, like, they might, she might be in one room and he would be in another. But they always had the umbilical cord. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know what Eddie and Cameron's outfits are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, thank you for the idea. That's yeah. perfect. You're welcome. Done. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's. Well, earlier in the show, uh, Jesse brought us the tale of his squatter, uh, the fox. Oh, fox tail. Cool. I get it. Uh, <laughs> nice. He brought us the tale of the fox. Nice. And, and that's it. He had chopped it off uh, as it was running. Yep. He, he, got he, it. he mailed he got it to it. us yep. uh, in a bag with leaves. leaves. It was really weird. <laughs> it was really strange. Yeah. Um, so uh, it got us thinking about uh, stories. So we've all had uh, animals intrude our homes or apartments or dorm rooms uh, sure. from time to time um and and we've had to resolve them we want to know your your craziest animal story of of uh, an animal that came where it shouldn't be animal invasions uh when, when i was in college uh, same dorm building jesse was talking about uh the side of the building uh had like a, a trellis like a honeycomb type trellis mm-hmm. that went up in front of all the windows and i left my window open it was a nice spring day sure uh, it was cracked open Came back in my room. There's a squirrel on my bed. That's nice. You know, that was actually Jesse. It was a prank. <laughs> Jesse just gotcha. did that. Gotcha. <laughs> a long con. Long con. Twenty <laughs> years <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, how sweet it is. <laughs> I I thought I had a, a possum in mm. my roof. Oh, uh, like in the attic. Because mm-hmm. you could you hear it there? and scratch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I kept looking for it and we couldn't find it. And uh, so I uh, actually rigged up a trap for it. Mm. I had taken. What, what would that entail? Well, I thought I thought the possum was inside the air duct. So I uh, if I was a possum, that'd be where it's right, air conditioned, sure. nice yeah, and cool, nice and cool. So I w- removed one of the grates uh-huh. from it and uh, from the air duct and took the filter out uh-huh. and replaced the grate, but I didn't latch it. So any kind of weight oh. that would land on the grate would just sure. open up. So he's just wandering around up there. Wandering around, boom. and all of a sudden, boom, yeah. down. I mean, it's the basic concept of trapping a bear or any large game in the woods. Yeah, exactly. Same exactly. thing. Yeah. So I, I put some apples up there and stuff, try to trap it. Hours later, I kept hearing He just had it, a roach problem. <laughs> it just never happened. It turned out to be a rat. Oh. Even oh, worse. In the duct or in the, just in, in the, the roof? In the roof. It, it oh. wasn't in the duct. Um, it was walking on top of the duct, but uh, there was definitely an hour of me standing near the duct with a giant broom about to shoo the possum. That's some dedication. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And plus, I feel like you, you, you've you dedicated that much time and effort. 
And yet, you're the only thing you have is a is a shoeing broom. <laughs> yeah, he he went to the ninja website. and yeah, got, and, and got I licensed. I was just saying, there's all manner of things. <laughs> yeah, they did, I mean, a possum. Those are pretty big things. Right? I mean, it's like thud, thud, thud. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not the sound of a little rat. Just no, like, well, when we got the rat, because we got him with one of them rat trap things. Right. Sure, um, a hammer. Yeah, <laughs> the exterminator came by to confirm that 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 was confirm the, one. the kill. Yeah, confirm mm-hmm. the kill. Right, and he was like, "Oh, you got the daddy." Was what oh. he said, and it was it like was a, a New York subway style mm, master splinter. But yeah, we got splinter. Yeah, or maybe the guy was just really dumb, and it was a small baby possum. Little baby possum. <laughs> yeah, just a bad. He's an unlicensed yeah. exterminator. Yeah. <laughs> unlicensed exterminator. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, now we're we're all clear on the fact that I don't have a license, so I'm going to go up there. And <laughs> but I'll, I'll get your possum. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me go back to my supply truck. He just comes back with a shooing broom. <laughs> you literally just hear him water in the attic go, shoo, shoo, shoo. <laughs> what? That's what happens when you go with an untrained, unlicensed exterminator. It's, it's you know, more natural methods, which is mainly just locking a man in your attic and letting him scream for a while. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, I see a little money on, on the Terminex guy. Let's just consider our termite problem long gone. You just hear a guy in your house going, ah! they, don't want, they don't want any part of this situation. How would you like somebody crawling into your home and just screaming? I'll tell you right now, it's very unpleasant because there's a man here screaming. The termites don't like it either. Oh, man. Okay, if you want to tell us your, your animal invasion story, Stories, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Cameron, that is especially dangerous for you since you don't have smoke alarms. Because if I was an unlicensed exterminator, I think the second thing I would jump to is try to smoke quote unquote bomb. smoke them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> smoke bombs. Oh, for sure. He has them left over from like the fireworks uh, tents uh, July 4th. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're a little stale, but it's, they get the job done. Yeah. Now, sir, this may sound dangerous and unconventional. And when I I tell you that I've never attempted it before. It's the truth. But I'm going to try to light a small fire in your crawl space to see if we can't smoke out some of these rats or whatever. Now, I will be screaming because that's another one of my methods to, sh- to shoo them away. I may also be burning to death under there because there will be an open fire under the home. <laughs> I did tell you I'm not licensed. <laughs> two, two hours later, as the blaze is being contained by the fire department outside, he's standing across the street just yeah. watching. And it's also an yeah. unlicensed fire department, so that's a whole other yeah. thing. <laughs> They're doing silly string. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, this is very expensive. Um, Super soakers. <laughs> All right, uh, there you go. Many thanks to Parachute for sponsoring this week's show. Go to parachutehome.com slash relevant, and Parachute will give you free shipping on your first order uh, for non-toxic, uh, high-quality linens and bedding and yeah. wonderful stuff for your new mattress. Yep. Until you do that, sleep in fear. <laughs> <laughs> thanks also to Jefferson Bethke for talking to us. Make sure to check out his new book, It's Not What You Think, out now. And you can find out more at jeffbethke.com. And thanks to the brilliant uh, remember to check out the videos of all their performances on the uh, Relevant YouTube channel and over on Relevant.tv. And uh, their album, Brother, is available everywhere music is sold. While you're at YouTube, subscribe to our channel. You'll see all the... We got just a feed of stuff happening yep, over there. Uh, excerpts, performances, good stuff. And, and if you didn't catch the 10-year anniversary show, it's 
it's there in its entirety. And get the magazine. You can subscribe right now at relevantmagazine.com. It's only a buck a month. And the new issue uh, is, is shipping soon. It's shipping yeah. now, actually. Uh, you'll, you'll get it if you subscribe now. It's, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, all right. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. John David Harris. I'm Jeremiah Dunlap. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Joey Eggridge. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Connect with us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast, and get bonus material from this episode and more at the podcast section on relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check the magazine out. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. What's the worst that can go wrong other than maiming someone inadvertently? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.